Now I hope this video can serve as a training video for our code team members in our emergency department at Maine Medical Center, but also serve as an educational video for some of our other hospitals to help relay the lessons we've learned through our simulations. When it comes to the code blue and the COVID-19 patient, we think it comes down to four core principles. First and foremost is staff safety. So we want to limit the number of providers in the room, and those that do go inside the room, we've got to make sure that they appropriately don their PPE. That could either be a powered air purifying respirator or N95 mask and face shield. Now we're going to have one of our special infectious disease team members paged out to each code blue. They're going to be our trained observer helping making sure our team dons their equipment appropriately but safely and quickly. We're going to use a HEPA filter for all of our bag mask ventilation and endotracheal tubes. And sometimes our PAPRs can dysfunction, so it's important for us to cross-monitor each other and to point out when our alarms are going off. Now secondly, we're going to maximize our patient outcomes with good core ACLS resuscitation. But I want to focus on early defibrillation and good quality CPR. It's going to take that much more time for our team to assemble inside the room because they're putting on their PPE. So it's really important for those first responders to deliver high quality CPR and have early defibrillation with the Zola at the bedside. Now, thirdly, teamwork is a challenge even more in our PAPR suits and our devices. So we need to really focus on practicing good teamwork principles. And that includes role clarity and responsibility. So it can be difficult to identify each other in our PAPRs. We want to make sure that we have very explicit role clarity, and we're going to talk a little bit about how we do that. Now, communication is one of the most important elements of teamwork. So we want to practice good core communication, which includes closed-loop communication as well as cross-check to make sure that we're accurately understanding each other, accurately interpreting orders, and completing them. Lastly, we want to keep the airway box and the code cart outside the room. So it's important for the team members outside of the room to provide good resource support. So there's got to be a clear line of communication between the members outside and inside the room to help provide those medications and equipment. Lastly, we want to minimize contamination. So we talked about this earlier. We're going to use a HEPA filter, keep the code cart and airway box outside the room. That SIDT member is going to be there to help our providers appropriately doff their PPE. Certainly adrenaline can be, can be rushing through us after the recess, but we want to make sure that we go slow so we can go safely and, and doff our PPE without contaminating ourselves. Now, the providers outside the room are going to be working on safe patient transport after the recess. And we want to make sure, lastly, that any equipment that is not disposable gets appropriately contaminated. And this specifically includes our McGrath and our airway boxes, as well as our Zoll. So let's take a look at the team members that are going to be inside and outside the room for our code blue. As we said before, we want to limit the number of personnel in our room. So we have around seven to eight that are going to be in the room. Our team leaders are either going to be pulmonary critical care medicine attending or fellow or an internal medicine resident, depending on when these providers arrive at the recess. The others are going to be there for situational awareness and help support that code, lean, code team leader with some cognitive support. Our respiratory therapist and uh, anesthesia resident or attending will be in there providing support for the airway. And then our patient's primary nurse is going to be providing information about the patient, documenting the code, and also flexing and helping with compressions. Now, one of the really important roles to point out here is our coordinator. So they're going to be 
either SKU or cardiac coordinator, they're going to be needing a clear line of communication with the coordinator outside the room because as we mentioned before, the airway box and the code cart need to be outside the room. So they need to be able to request appropriate medications and equipment from that outside individual. Lastly, we're going to have one other flexible role, whether a nurse or CNA, that's going to be able to help with the compressions or other uh, needed responsibilities inside the room. Now, outside the room is essentially a buddy for everybody inside the room to help support them. And I want to point out a couple things. Our surgery resident that is there for procedure backup, airway, and vascular access is going to wait outside until needed. Another really important role I want to highlight is our float nurse. So they're going to either, either be helping with that code cart or acting as a safety officer. And this is perhaps one of the most important roles outside of the code team leader. We need someone to be the traffic cop to help facilitate appropriately donning PPE, but also make sure only those essential providers are going inside the room. We want to make sure that our coordinator, the SKU or cardiac coordinator, that's outside the room, again, has a clear line of communication with that coordinator inside because they're going to be running that code cart and help facilitate getting medications and equipment inside to the team. Lastly, I want to reemphasize that one of our SIDT members will be there, and they're going to serve as both the donning trained observer and also the doffing trained observer that's going to help our providers safely get out of their PPE and not contaminate themselves. So as we mentioned before, role clarity can be pretty difficult in our PAPRs, so we recommend writing your name, your title, and your team role on the front of your PAPRhood so your role is clear to the rest of the team. We also think it's really important to differentiate the team leader from the rest of the team members. So there are various ways to do this. You can have a vest system that identifies your team role. We decided that we would be using a blue bouffant as we think this is easily obtainable, uh, very disposable, and very easy to differentiate the team leader from the rest of the group. And we want to show you some clips from our simulations to emphasize some of those principles of the code blue and the COVID-19 patient. Now in this scenario, the patient is feeling palpitations and calls his primary nurse, and then the charge nurse also comes to assess the patient. When they assess the patient at the bedside, realize this patient's in VTAC, and he suddenly becomes unresponsive, and a code blue is called. Now, as we mentioned before, it's going to take a little bit of time for the code team to respond and then also a little bit of additional time for them to get inside the room once they're appropriately donned their PPE. So it's important for the primary team that's initiating this recess, in this case the two nurses, begin good high quality CPR and also get the defibrillator at the bedside. Angela, how can I help? I'm, we've called the code. The team will arrive here shortly. If you can help set up cappers and everything else, great. So outside, the code has been called, and it's really important at this point for the providers that are showing up and are not going to be inside the room to start helping set up for the code team to don their pappers. Here, Melissa is setting up all the pappers, checking their battery, and making sure the respirator works adequately. So when they arrive, they can help do a speed donning and get them in as soon as possible. Hi. Put it, look, 
this and I'm here for the code. I need help counting. Here's your shoe covers. Thank you. So in order for our providers to get in the room quick, we do what's called speed donning, where assistants here, the nurses on the floor, are helping our critical care medicine attending don his PPE quickly and safely. Now, it's really important to emphasize again that even though the patient is undergoing a cardiac arrest, we've got to make sure that our providers have on adequate PPE. Right now, this is a PAPR, but it could also include in the future or at your institution an N95 mask and face shield. Now you'll notice here, because some of the back of the provider is exposed underneath his gown, a second gown is applied from the back to the front. Now, getting back to roll clarity again, it's important as each team member comes into the room in a staggered format, they need to identify themselves to the rest of the team. Okay, we need to get a, um, I need a filter on this ambu bag. I need to move the bed down. We need to get a goal in. Where's my car, guys? Get off the bed. Get off the bed. The bed's got to move. Make sure you relock the bed. Now, as we said before, the coordinator inside the room has a critical role in developing a line of communication outside the room to request medication and equipment. So here she's using her phone, uh, her work phone, and also we've had success using two-way radios as well. Can we have the gold? Oh, 10cc syringe? Go ahead and bring Got that effort in with it. And then there's, some on the, there's, some, there's some epi on the table. Okay, how long have you been doing compressions? I don't know. So as we mentioned before, there's someone outside with a code cart that's preparing the medications that will be able to hand off to the person inside. And it's really important that all the medications are clearly marked. Sometimes we've even taken the bottles and taped them to the syringe and have them clearly labeled with the medication and the dose. You hold that. Yep. Can someone get ready to do compressions for her? She's getting tired. We don't have a timer yet. Don't let go. Not next person. No, I Okay. So I'll count down. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. I'll fly the bowl. Are you doing that? Got it in? Yep, take that out. Are you doing the marker for the right? Go ahead, Mike. You in? Are you getting that? I think so. Yeah. Up top. Do we have a line? There's a line over there. So I just want to point out here that after anesthesia has intubated, there is a HEPA filter that's been placed in line between the endotracheal tube and the bagged valve mask. So we don't currently recommend holding compressions for endotracheal intubation, but it's something to consider for the patient who's COVID-19 positive because compressions certainly are an aerosol-producing procedure. So we want to demonstrate that here. And it's important really to point out that after the patient has been intubated, the cuff is inflated and then the HEPA filter should be applied before compressions are resumed. Do you guys have a pulse oximeter that is on? 
And at this point, the team has been unsuccessful in cardioverting his ventricular tachycardia, so CPR resumes. Compression line. Um, and then, is anyone keeping time? Yeah. Okay, great. Any of this one has the has the time. We've given one of Epi. We've given one. We just gave one of Amio. Yeah. We're now at least ten minutes in. If you could depart and tell us about the labs. Okay. I just want to make a couple points about uh, compressions here. As we mentioned, there's a limited number of people in the room, so. The anesthesiologist can line up to be the compressor, and here you notice that they're rotating out to really maximize CPR, and the code team leader has directed that. The code team leader also is doing some coaching here to make sure that the patient's giving good quality CPR by looking at the Zoll and the feedback from the accelerometer. Another helpful tip is to have that Zoll screen oriented so the compressor can see that feedback from the accelerometer and can know they're giving good CPR. So here you see the team members providing some cognitive support. The anesthesiologist has relayed some more medical information on the patient to the team leader, and the critical care medicine attending has suggested some additional thoughts on etiology of the code and additional medications. So after that last shock, the team continued CPR for two minutes, and upon reassessment, the patient was in sinus rhythm and had returned with spontaneous circulation. After the resuscitation, it's important that all team members that were inside the room appropriately doff their PPE, and we have an SID team member that will be there to help as a trained observer to walk you through these steps. It's also really important that any personnel that could have potentially been exposed and had uh, compromised PPE, they present themselves after the event to employee health for appropriate monitoring and testing. Now, as mentioned earlier, the nursing supervisor will arrange for an ICU transfer to a negative pressure room or make arrangements to treat in place. Now, during the transfer, three qualified team members outside the room will don appropriate PPE to transport the patient to the SKU. Airway personnel, will wear N95 and goggles at a minimum, and then the other team members at a minimum will wear surgical mask and goggles. Now after the recess, because of the risk of contagion, 
All equipment must be cleaned according to hospital regulatory standards, even despite the emergency nature of the vent. Pay close attention to the Zoll defibrillator as well as the McGrath, as those are non-disposable equipment that need to be cleaned well.